I said, empty your mind. Be formless, shapeless, like water. It's about how hard you hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much you can take and keep moving forward. Join movement expert Aaron Alexander as he dives into the minds of the foremost innovative healthcare thinkers and movement masters on their approach to optimal health and wellness. Align Podcast. And camcorders. Here is technology gone berserk. Everywhere you go now, there's some dick, some yo-yo, some putts with a camcorder, and he is going to tape everything. Doesn't anyone in this country just stop and look at things anymore? Sort of take them in, maybe even (laughs) remember them? Is that just a strange notion? Does, that, does experience have to be documented and brought home and saved on the shelf? And do people really watch this shit? Are people's lives so bankrupt they sit at home looking at things they already did? <laughs> These guys are so intense, you know? It's always guys. They won't let women touch the cameras. It's a highly technical skill. Welcome back to the Lion Podcast. My name is Aaron Alexander. In today's beautiful episode, I got to have my friend, Miss Melissa Hartwig, on the show. Melissa, I'm sure you guys have heard of her by now. She's like, I'm watching her, seems like on a daily basis, blowing the freak up more and more. Um, she is the founder of the Whole 30 program, uh, four times New York Times bestselling author. Uh, her books include It Starts with Food, The Whole 30, Food, Freedom Forever, The Whole 30 Cookbook. She certified sports nutritionist been featured in Dr. Oz Good Morning American everywhere she's about as legit as you could get in the sphere of food and I think specifically around the psychology around food which that's the reason that I value her from a work perspective is um, she goes much deeper than just the dietary components of food and gets more into the source the root cause of what is what's the, the source of this binge eating what's the source of continuing to seek out inflammatory foods or you know self-destructive behavior in general and that is what we get into in this conversation um, really super insightful. Melissa is one of those people that uh, really surprises me with her insight. Well, like busy is the new normal, right? Busy is the new badge of honor. Tired is the new badge of honor. We do this with every area of our life. We live like right up to the means of our income or even exceeding it so that we have to keep working exactly as hard as we're working now just to afford the things that we've already bought. And we fill our days just totally packed with this crazy schedule with kids and work and this and commitments and, and personal development things so that if any one thing goes wrong, like we're totally off kilter. Like we, we don't build buffers into anything anymore. Thank you so much for tuning in to the website, aligntherapy.com. That's A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. Uh, on there, you'll find hundreds of videos on self-care and functional movement. You will find the self-care kit and uh, you'll find 10% off on Four Sigmatic products. I absolutely adore this company. Uh, we just went out on a, like a Four Sigmatic hike thing together up in Malibu Hills and such. Really fun. Just an amazing company, amazing culture around the company. Everyone supports each other. 
and putting out a brilliant product. They have um, all sorts of varieties of blends of mushrooms infused in teas and coffees. I'm holding right now a little satchel called the Viking Wildcrafted Blend, and uh, it's got sea buckthorn berry in it, nettle, chaga, pine bark, rhodiola, um, all sorts of really adaptogenic herbs and vital vitality-inducing herbs and really good stuff. I don't even, I don't know what vitality-inducing or I just made that up, but <laughs> but I I know that it makes me feel really good. Uh, people like Tim Ferriss, Sean Stevenson, all sorts of great people are getting into this stuff. I use it uh, every single day and uh, really really truly do value the things. So you can get 10% off at foursigmatic.com/align. F O U R sigmatic.com/align. 10% off any of your mushroom blend purchases. Check it out. Uh, I got a quote. Quicker quote comes from, where is it? Oh, it's out of a book. Oh man, that might take a second. I think I lost my, did I lose my page? Oh no, I might have to pause this for a moment or I could find it. Ha, I found it. All right, so quote of the day is coming from a book called The Mind Gym by a guy called Gary Mack and uh, with David Cass Stevens. Uh, pretty interesting book. It's uh, goes a little something like this. The quote I pulled out of here is, a person's self-concept is vitally important. On his deathbed, Sigmund Freud said, the essence of success in life is love and work. As individuals, we all want to feel lovable and capable. If you don't feel good about yourself, you tend not to perform well. Those who have a negative self-image find ways to self-destruct. Daryl Strawberry is a prime example. Why would an athlete blessed with so much talent and given so many opportunities to succeed continually defeat himself with drug abuse? In psychology, there is something we call self-consistency theory. It means we act consistent to our concept, our self-image. Bam! That's really interesting. Um, pretty fascinating, this self-consistency theory of, uh, it's kind of, I feel like it's, you could potentially put this on, on our physical state, the way that we move through the world, the way that we think, um, our job titles, our roles and relationships to go outside of the box that we form for ourselves sometimes feels unacceptable, it feels dangerous, it feels uncomfortable. And when we feel ourselves potentially start slipping into something that may even be a more successful version of ourselves, I think sometimes we end up self-sabotaging because we haven't accepted our uh, the, that, that consistency with who we are, right? So if we can start to expand our perception of self, that gives us the space to grow and build. That might have been too many words. Um, thank you so much for reviews on iTunes. Greatly appreciate that. And um, I really do mean that. If you guys um, shoot some reviews over, I'd be happy to read them aloud and uh, give a shout out to you guys for doing that. Really appreciate those. And thank you so much for utilizing the Amazon affiliate link on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page. Please, you and your friends, family, anybody that buys crap on Amazon, por favor, uh, just bookmark that link. Go to linetherapy.com, blog, podcast page, first thing on the top right, bookmark that for the rest of your days or until you don't feel like doing it anymore. Um, just every time you get on Amazon, press that bookmark and then uh, we get about 7% towards the Align Podcast Foundation, helps support the show, takes a little bit away from the Amazon Corporation and puts it into the Align Podcast Foundation. So... Uh, Greatly appreciate that. All right, here we go. I think we're ready to go with uh, Miss Melissa Hartwig. Enjoy the show. Align Podcast. 
still in gym clothes, so that works out great. I am too. I just rode my bike to and from my house two times, so I'm very sorry. <laughs> so yeah, that works. Hi. Hello. How are you? I hear you. Okay, good. Here. I'm going to put it on Do Not Disturb too. Absolutely. I'm oh gonna my goodness, Aaron. What? What? Here we go. No, we I go. just, you know, I usually am like so in charge of my day and this week has just been kicking my ass. Yeah, I feel you. That's good though. Yeah. That's that's uh, hormesis adaptation. Is it? That's <laughs> the universe that's, naturally balancing out natural hormetic responses. I uh, love. It. All right, hold on. I really want to find you this song. Okay. Um, if I can find it, I'll be really happy. I hear Chet Faker. Yeah, that's that's happening right now. He's great too. Oh my god, he's my favorite. I've been going buck wild. I listened to this song literally three times on the way here. All right, I'll just yeah. send it to you because I think you'll really like it. Because I, I can't for, wait. For whatever reason, I have a sense that um, you like music like this. Someone asked me once if you went to on a if you had to be stranded on a desert island and you could only have music or books. Which would you take? And I'm like, I'm going to punch you in the face for even asking me that question. (laughs) Wow, that's tough. Um, Why would you ask me that question? If I'm not going to be ever meeting other people and maybe by myself, fuck. I think you you got to say books, but that's that's like, it's almost unanswerable. It's like, it's like you're asking me to cut my own child in half. Don't do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But I was going to say, if I'm never going to be meeting anybody, then um, I might say music because screw my mind. You know, I just want to dance and move and like climb coconut trees and have sounds. If there's a chance, like if you go to jail for 20 years, like you have the potential of coming out and being really awesome because you just read for 20 years. Yes. If there's a chance I'll get off the island, I would choose books. If there's (laughs) no chance, I'm all music. That's my answer. I like it. That's my answer. It's good. That's a good answer. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Have you come up with an answer or you just try to say me? I feel like I would say books because I just, they take me away so much more. And if I'm stuck on a desert island, like I've got a lot of time to kill. And I also really like to sing. So I think I would just sing and read my books. Wait till you hear this one song that I'm going to send you though. That might change I can't wait. I can't wait. I can't wait. (laughs) Anyway, so I have uh, all sorts of potential directions that I could go. Uh, I usually don't follow any of those directions per se but uh great we have like the emergency shoot in case i'm like hmm where do we go then i pulled the shoot and i asked you some random thing but i uh, doubt that's gonna happen well yeah what's um you i was i was uh stalking you on instagram you ride motorcycles i do i do ride a motorcycle yeah that's the coolest thing ever you got you got a a sexy little triumph don't you i do and it's been heavily customized and modified and i do think it's very sexy yeah 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 i've got a good local bike shop here who takes care of all that stuff for me yeah is there anything that you would absolutely love to uh get into today um I think the only, I'm really excited about my new book coming out, Food Freedom Forever. Like that's the one thing that I kind of would love to touch on just because I've been working on it so hard. But otherwise, like whatever you want to talk about is good. You know my jam. I talk about food. I talk about social media. I talk about finding balance. Like every, you know, all the same stuff. We talk about the same stuff. The the thing I'm especially intrigued with is is finding balance. And then I, um, I, assumably, since you already talked about in the past, uh, we can talk about your past with... Uh, addiction. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's yep. really interesting to me because I, yep. I happen to be addicted to food and I can literally, um. I can see the progress of how engaged I am with my life based yeah. off upon, based upon how much emotional eating that I do. Uh-huh. You know, and yep. I think, that, and, and yep. my saying that I'm addicted to food, it's like, Oh my God, he has a, I think a lot of people in our culture are addicted to, you know, lots of things. We just don't necessarily yeah. 
you know, clarify that to ourselves. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. Do you see much, much correlation there with food and drugs and all that? Oh my God. It's exactly the same in your brain. Like I know the DSM might not qualify food addiction the same way that it qualifies like cocaine, but in your brain, it's all the same. We, I mean, definitely should talk about this. Like there so much of the thought process and the behavior, the kind of self-recrimination, the guilt and shame, like all of that, you wouldn't know whether I was talking about drugs or food. If I kind of walked you through like what people typically go through when they feel out of control. Yeah. It's the same. I should, I should have told you I'm recording right now. Oh, um, great. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, we haven't, we haven't said anything too incriminating, so I'm sure you don't want to cut anything out, but if there is anything, oh, I didn't know you were recording there. We got to cut that. We can do You're that. Good. But, good. Uh, but yeah. So what's, um, what's the path been for you? What did you have any kind of like, have you, I'm sure you've thought about like the source root of where that addiction patterns come from with yourself. Yeah. So part of it, I think is my like neurochemistry and personality. I am a very like black or white on or off, like all in person. I don't moderate well. I'm very much an abstainer. Um, I'm what Gretchen Rubin would classify as an upholder. Like when I tell myself I'm going to do something, I just do it and it's not hard and it's not hard to stick to it. So all of those traits that make me really successful as a businesswoman also made me like a really good drug addict too. Um, so obviously I think, you know, people use drugs for a variety of reasons. For me, I didn't see it at home. My parents were total teetotalers. Like they weren't into any of that stuff, but I was looking for, you know, a reason to kind of run away from some stuff that I didn't want to deal with. And when I found drugs, it was like a really good I guess a good escape. So, you know, people get into it for different reasons, but then once you get sucked in, like it becomes the issue. And then you've got these layers of issues. You've got the stuff you didn't want to deal with in the first place. And then you've got the drugs, which are now the main issue. And when you scrape the drugs away, because I went to rehab and counseling, I still had all that stuff left to deal with. So it's, it can be challenging to get out of that situation for sure. Yeah. The same thing happens with the body where a person, you know, they have, they're stuck in this upper cross forward head posture, hyperkyphosis or whatever kind of pattern you want to call it. And you're like, stand up straight, you know, military, okay. You yeah. know? And you're like, okay, I'm better. Right. Like I fixed everything. I got down to the core root cause of it. It's like, yeah, I, I think you just laid a new pattern on top of that. Yeah. You know, but the quite, the big question for me is like, where do we actually start to get into opening up those patterns? Yeah. And it almost you know? seems like once you start to open the box, you just start pulling all this stuff out and you're like, Oh man, like it would be, it's almost easier not to look at it at all because once you open it, it's just layer upon layer upon layer of stuff. And whether I'm talking about the psychology or the body, it's kind of the same. Like you're just digging deeper and deeper into like old injury, old trauma, old habits, old, um, behaviors. And so it's almost like once you're in it, you just got to get in it. Like otherwise you can't stop halfway. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 How did you get in it? Um, and well, I mean, I started off with kind of going to rehabilitation. I did a ton of counseling, um, and I just dove in again, I'm an upholder. So when I decided that it was time to stop using drugs, I stopped using drugs and I'm not going to say it wasn't hard, but like my, again, my personality and my neurochemistry were such that like, I just got into it and it took, I mean, I've been in therapy for how many years now? Like 20, 25 or something like that. But yeah, I, and I'm still going through it and I'm still getting into it, which is the same thing with what you do with the body. Like you don't fix it and then just never think about it again. There's always maintenance and progress and you, you kind of always have to pay attention to it, which sounds exhausting, but it does get easier 
the more you kind of practice, right? Yeah. Yeah. The uh, analogy that I use with, with like bodily pain and such is, uh, accepting it as what I, I call it. I call it my dance partner. You know, yeah. so if I, if I have something like I have this like back thing or, you know, ankle thing or whatever it is, my body is so much better than it was, you know, X amount of years ago. Like I literally see progress on a, at least like a, you know, monthly or six monthly basis. I'm like, wow, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm a better person than I was six months. This is great. But yeah. there's still stuff. And what yeah. I, what I, what I've realized is that that friction or that, you know, torment or static or whatever it is, is actually given me something to move with. You know, if it wasn't there and I was just like this perfect integrated moving through, you know, the world, you know, a little, little like bubble, I think yeah. there'd be no reason to, to really like dig in and, and really get into yourself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I totally do. Also, that's boring, right? right. Like I, <laughs> I want to have stuff to think about and I want to have things that challenge me and push me to grow. And I like want to have hard things that force me to take a look at you know, the areas of my life where I've just become stagnant or accepting or complacent. Like I want, I want those hard things, maybe not all at once. It seems like in the past they've kind of come up all at once. So maybe we could like slow that particular role once in a while, but I still, I want those challenges. Yeah. Otherwise you have very little in, in motivation to like grow or change or develop. Yeah. My, my sense is, is, um, it's always comes back to lack of integration or you know, with like feeling like we're giving back to our community and receiving from our community and like a part of something bigger than ourselves, but we don't really get educated. That's that commune, you know, the ceremonial connection with nature, with people, with our community, with anything. It's kind of just like get money, get car, you know, we don't really get a good education around that you know it's yeah a, well i think what we end up doing a lot of people in our culture we end up filling these voids with freaking anything you know money power food sex drugs yeah it's true i mean it's look it's it's incredibly rewarding which from a biology perspective our brain loves right i want the quick and easy reward it's just like nature and it's incredibly accessible and we're taught in our modern culture that like some of these things are things that you should strive for the success and the Instagram followers and the fame and the money. So yeah, it's way easier. It's way easier for me to think about how can I get a hundred more Instagram followers by posting a like selfie of my abs than it is for me to think about why am I looking to others for validation of my self-worth, right? Like one's easy right. and one's really hard. <laughs> right. Totally. Is there anything that you see with people that are struggling with, um, you know, f food or drugs, or it's all the same thing. They all you know, kind of affect your brain in similar ways. Is there anything that, that you see people are struggling with? Like an obvious, like something on the table, some things uh, I, on the table. I feel like it always at the root of it comes down to this idea of like people feeling like they're just not worthy. I, I honestly, underneath it all, I feel like it's, you know, I'm not worthy of love, whether it's self-love or love from somebody else. I'm not worthy of being healthy and fit and happy. I'm not worthy of this success. I'm not worthy of this recognition. Like I think at the root of it, so much of it is just us doubting our self-worth. Mm. Yeah, totally. And, and in regards to like how to build that, because this is all the stuff that we read in every self-help book and all that. You know, but it's like then talking to someone like, like yourself, who's, who's walking that path and, you know, has walked that path. Is there anything that was specifically helpful with actually finding that? Yeah. You know, I went through a lot of exercises 
um, where people get really attached to their identity, like almost their identity as they appear to the outside world. So it's like, I'm a successful businesswoman. I'm a really good mom. I'm an athlete. I'm a healthy eater. I'm, and, and those are all things that can be taken away. So what happens to the athlete when you get injured? What happens to the successful business person when your next venture like tanks? What happens when, you know, your kids get to be a teenager and they start rebelling? Like you have to identify your self-worth in terms of things that nobody can take away from you, right? Like, am I kind? Am I generous? Am I a good friend? Am I supportive? Like, when I started to think about who I was in those terms, as opposed to like how I appeared to other people in the outside world, that's where I really started getting grounded with my value as a person, because those are all things that I hold and will never change. Yeah. Yeah. That's, um, Timothy Lear. I just talked to Paul check. I released an episode with Paul check and, uh, we got into like psychic death and, and, uh, you know, just getting out of, of the game, you know? And it's like, there's so many people and now, I really see it because I do dabble in both outside of this game, like align therapy. I do, you know, whatever, blah, blah, you know, all that stuff. It's really important to me, but it is, it is kind of like a game on the shelf, you know, and then there's, there's other aspects of it as well that I'm not so exactly sure about. And I think that's why we kind of oftentimes will steer away from it because it's not that tangible hold in our hands, you know, and, and it's like, but getting into that, that deeper part of it, I kind of feel like it's like what roots us, what grounds us. You yeah. Know, if we can make that connection with, with the, the, the bigger us and then play the game connected to that, yeah. then I think we're safe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I t- and it's also really important for you to kind of self-identify how your own traits so that you are not so easily swayed by the opinions of others, right? Like if I, if I really sit down and do the self-analysis on any one quality of mine, how athletic I am, how pretty I am, how good a writer I am. Mm -hmm. And I really come to Jesus with like, look, I'm not Herman Hess, but I'm a, I'm a pretty good writer. I actually write pretty well. When someone from the outside comes in and says like, you're a terrible writer. It's like barely fourth grade level. I can look at that and say, I'm really sorry that that's how you're experiencing me. But like, I don't think that's true. But then when someone else comes in and says, you're the best author I've ever read, nobody's ever written a book as well as you do. I'm like, well, that's so generous of you. But like, I don't think that's true either. I'm really solid in my self-assessment. And if you take the time to do that in all of these areas of your life, some harder than others, you will no longer be like a slave to the opinions of others, right? And looking to others to validate this missing piece of self-worth that you have yet to identify for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really refreshing to see you after like studying you a bit, seeing how, um, you're like a real person, Melissa. (laughs) (laughs) Imagine that. That's awesome. And it's, and it's, it's like, honestly, I mean, you're going to hate me for saying this, but I was a little bit, Surprise, because you're so pretty. Oh, isn't that <laughs> you isn't <asshole>. that interesting? <laughs> isn't that so? You so you initially made a judgment based on how you how you perceived I looked. Well, no, no, no. It wasn't that I made a, a concrete judgment. It sure. was, it was, it was like I was, I was indifferent either way. You mm-hmm. know, it was like okay, I know that you know from like a, a when we when we got to talk, it was like we made good contact and you were grounded and you were there. Um, and, but I always have this kind of like, I was just extra surprised 
to learn about your honesty with your past and mm. extra surprise to learn about your honesty with like really putting out into the world that I don't really give a shit about this superficial thing. It's something again that I play with, you know, but it's not me. And I actually almost don't really appreciate when you put too much emphasis into that because then it gets away from the other more brighter parts of me. Am I offending yeah. you right now? <laughs> no, 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 no. I think it again. So this is the other thing, right? Like you thinking I'm pretty says nothing about me and everything about like your perception of me and how you're choosing to experience me. So that's cool. But I also right. think like we have to give ourselves some credit. Don't you think we're pretty good at like recognizing authenticity when we see it pretty quickly? You know, not in all cases. I've certainly been fooled before, but I think in a world where we're just like so exposed to so much like social media and website presence and stuff, it's really easy for me to meet someone or look at someone's feed and kind of understand like, oh, this is the image they're putting out versus like, oh, this is Aaron and I'm actually getting to talk to Aaron right now. So, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe just give yourself a little bit of credit for recognizing that like I was a real person the first time we hung out. <laughs> I am not saying I didn't think you were a real person. Though. It was, well. <laughs> it was, it was, I, when we first hang out, I, I was at 10 already, but then it was, it was like, it was just after seeing that stuff, like for whatever reason, when I find out someone has a history with drug addiction and they, they've, they've walked that path and they're, and they're, you know, coming, like you said, like coming to Jesus or coming to more, more truth with themselves. All of a sudden I have this extra degree of adoration for them. When yeah. someone's just going through like, you know, like an easy path, which there's probably no such thing as that. Right. It's kind of, to me, I'm just like, okay, whatever. But knowing yeah. that it's like you were in a dark, dark place and you still experience dark, dark places and you still are kind of working with that. That to me is just like, oh, there's depth here. Yeah. It forces us to dig. And that's, that's what I'm saying. It's, it got me I extra, it. extra excited. And I'm willing to, I'm more than, I'm more than willing to share that like depth in this past and this like messiness. I feel like I have an obligation to, when you have an audience, I feel like, I am going to be only more relatable if I share like the messy pieces of myself. And my only goal through social media is to connect with people who are reading books or doing the whole 30 or want to like change their life in some way. And so if I want to connect, I have to be real about it. And like putting on this perfect, you know, image on social media isn't going to make me more relatable. It's only going to no. make me less because that's not an expectation that anybody can live up to. So it's not that I don't give a shit because <laughs> that would be lying, right? I think anyone who says they legitimately don't give any cares whatsoever ever, like really, is that true? Right. It's just that I allow myself to give a care and then realize that it doesn't actually matter, right? Yeah. So I sort of just layer that process on. Yeah, yeah. What's the, what's the new book? What's the, what's the premise? Um, food freedom forever. I'm so excited about this one. It's like, I've just poured so much into it over the last year. It's really about how to take any short-term dietary intervention and turn it into a lifetime of healthy habits because I feel like anyone can do anything for 30 days, right? You can do any like detox or cleanse or whole 30 or whatever, but if you get great results with it and you start to change your habits and you experience these really amazing, like profound transformations, how do you hold on to that? Yeah. That's the really hard part. When you go back out into the real world and you don't have the comfort of my rules to tell you what to do when you have to start making your own decisions, how do you take what you've learned and actually turn it into a lifestyle? And that's what this book is all about. Cool. Yeah. There's a, a, a everybody's heard this quote, but it's Einstein and uh, what is it? Creativity is more important than knowledge. I think is what he said. You know, so it's like getting outside of that. Just like I read this book and I have this information, you know, and it's all just this rote thing where it's like, it's important because Melissa Hartwig wrote it and she's smart, you know, it's just sure. like, that's a step, you know, but it's not until we actually get into 
really, really caring. You know, it's like you could like Simon Sinek, like the question of why, you know, and it's yeah. not until we can really make that connection with people like this is why for you. Right. You know, and right. if we can get to that, this is why for me, this is why for you, then we're, then we have some, some legitimate traction. Yeah. But you know, people still need more guidance than that. This is what I'm figuring out is like the rigidity of the rules of the whole 30 is part of what makes it so successful because people just, there's comfort in being told exactly what to do and having certain things just be totally off limits. Like those black and white rules are really easy for the yeah. brain to grasp onto. But when you're talking about something like life after where I want you to make your own decisions, what I've tried to do with this book is set up hard and fast rules to help you make your own decisions, which I know sounds really counterintuitive, but like it's a really defined plan to give you some boundaries so that you can feel comfortable like in, in making your own choices, if that makes sense. So yeah. I'm trying to apply some of the whole 30 framework to this life after in a way that still gives people the freedom to sort of create their own perfect diet. Can you break down some of the, some of the, some of the things in there for, yeah. I mean, so basically it's going to be like a three-step program, right? It's essentially built on this cycle and mm -hmm. built right into the cycle is the idea that at some point you are going to fall off the rails. That is built right into the program. I think what a lot of time what, what happens with people is they have this expectation that like, I'm never going to fall back into old habits ever again. I feel so amazing. I never want to go back. And then they do and they're shocked and they're like, oh my gosh, what happened? Holiday, vacation, stress, whatever. Right. And they don't know what to do with that. They expect it to be on this whole new level. And then all of a sudden they're face first in a bag of potato chips. And they're like, now what do I do? Right. And then it's like, then they're so thrown that they can't recover gracefully. Yeah. So built right into my plan is like, you're going to do your reset, like the whole 30, you're going to live your food freedom, making conscious, deliberate decisions, eating stuff when it's worth it, passing when it's not, you're going to acknowledge when you're starting to slip. And that's a really important point. And when you have slipped past the point where you can gracefully recover, you're just going to come back to your reset. Mm. It's like this cycle that always keeps you moving forward, even if at one point during the cycle, you're taking a step backward. Yeah. One of the things I've heard you talk about was, um, what did you call? I wrote it down. Uh, having like a lifeline or calling a friend. Where is it? Tell on, oh, your, yeah. tell on yourself is, what, is, yeah. how, is how you called it. Yeah. And um, that's sweet. Yeah. I used that a lot when I was recovering from drugs, this yeah. idea of like, I would say to friends who I didn't meet, who maybe didn't know me super well, like, I'm going to tell you this right now. If I ever say to you like, oh, it's no big deal if I smoke a little weed or, oh, it's been long enough, like, do not listen to me and you need to call my sister and say like, Melissa's in a bad place. Honestly. So I'm like telling on myself up front, like I'm in a place of strength right now, but at some point I'm going to be in a place of weakness and you need to know that like, don't let me fool you into this. And it's the same thing with some food stuff. I've counseled people before who are like, I'm home alone. My husband's out of town on business. I'm in the grocery store and I know I'm going to buy things to binge on. Like, what do I do? Call someone and tell them exactly what you're planning on doing and get that support in the moment. Like if you have one second where you're feeling strong enough to do that, do that. Yeah. I was picked up a, as I was coming back from Portland. I was at AHS in Boulder and flew into Portland. Oh, yeah. And I picked, went through this, this, uh, this, uh, picked up a, a native American guy and he, um, was right beside the reservation there. I picked him up and 
he was telling me about his history. And it was like everything that you don't want when you pick up a hitchhiker. He's like, well, I killed a guy when I was 15. I went to jail for four years for that because I was 15. And then so all his other, like, just all violence, lots of violence. He's like, yeah, I don't drive anymore because I get in trouble when I drive. I'm like, oh, great. Why do you? I was so close to bringing the microphone out and doing an interview with him, but I didn't. Right, right. You know, but but uh, one of the things that he was mentioning was uh, that the reason that he killed this guy was they got into some thing with like mushrooms, psychedelic mushrooms, and the guy thought he didn't, blah, 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 blah. And I was like kind of blown away because I'm like, but mushrooms are like this like sacred spiritual, like opening you up to, you know, and I kind of feel a similar way with, with uh, marijuana, that it's, it's, it should be something that kind of like open you up to maybe this game, you know, and such. But then at the same time, it also can potentially just amplify whatever whatever kind of game you already have triggered if you haven't, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I do. Do you have any, because it's obviously, to me, like there has to be a difference between heroin and mushrooms. Yeah, but, well, but, yeah. But I mean, so like, and it's really important to know, like not everyone who tries drugs becomes an addict, right? Not everyone who like even uses drugs regularly becomes an addict. It's a relatively small segment of that population, but it's so dependent on like, again, neurochemistry plays a huge role in it. How, um, you know, dopamine and serotonin balances and, and family history and set and setting and how comfortable you are. And like, yeah, I mean, it, there isn't, there's definitely no safe application of any of these things for sure. You so, know? So if you, if you smoke weed, you, is it just like, what, what happens? <laughs> I, so it's been, you know, it's been a few minutes. Yeah. Um, I was old, like, it never impacted me in a negative way in terms of like rage or getting angry or getting anxious. I think probably physically right now I could smoke weed and like, probably it would be okay. But from an emotional and psychological perspective, if I were to smoke, I would not be able to say that I've been clean for 16 years. And like, that's not okay for me. I have a, I just, there is zero room at this point in my life for like any playing around with that whatsoever. So, um, I, so I just don't, Awesome. I just don't. Yeah. 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 Cool. Um, another thing that I heard you, you mentioned on another podcast in relation to like the times that are the hardest would be when you're by yourself after, after the sun goes down. Is that something is there, is there any kind of like, cause that's something that I experienced with myself. You know, it's mm -hmm. like when I've had a lot of times, like even over this, this, I was in Spain and all over Europe and then down in Africa, I was just doing such cool stuff. But then there were times where I'd be in a house by myself freaking lonely you know, know yeah and, and i'm just like my life is so cool on the all the boxes are checked you know <laughs> and then there'll be these moments where you're just it's just you and you and it's just like yeah i don't think it's bad to feel lonely from time to time right like i think I like spending, I require more alone time than almost anybody I've ever met. Yeah. And I do very, very well on my own and I, and I need it. Right. Um, and yeah, sometimes I feel lonely from time to time. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think where I start to get, um, where I get really kind of worked up about it is where I'm lonely and I know that I'm lonely because I'm not allowing myself to connect with other people in my life. Like I'm, I've built a little bit of a wall and I keep everybody at a distance and 
that's why I'm lonely. And I think I get really worked up about it. And like at, at home at night tends to be the worst. I don't know why in that particular instance, maybe it's just because that's the time where you're supposed to be maybe like settling down with someone or settling down for your day. Right. Or maybe I just feel it more profoundly, but, but that's where I get worked up is like, I know I'm doing it to myself and I'm not necessarily happy with where I am, but I'm also not necessarily willing to change where I am. And it's like, it's that inner conflict of like, I want something else, but if I really wanted it, wouldn't I be doing something about it? So right. yeah, I get it. <laughs> yeah. So, so next time I'm by myself and I have a jar of delicious nut butter and some like <laughs> raw cream, it's all just wonderful. Then I'll get some, some like nuts and some goji berries. <laughs> with it well that's not good either right i know i know because then you're just like eating your feelings instead of allowing yourself to feel them right that's like that comfort food and that's something that i don't actually do like i don't have this habit of comfort food anymore but i think what you need to ask yourself in that situation is like what am i looking to feed right now because it's not about the food like am i looking for some way to self-soothe or comfort or distract and like how else could i accomplish that goal without engaging in this kind of behavior. I honestly think there's very, and I am not practicing what I'm preaching right now at this point in my life, but I think there's very little that like in-person human connection can't fix in that moment. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. I should take my own advice. (laughs) Yeah. Tell me about it. Have you, have you something I'm, I'm really focusing on is, is finding, um, tribe in my life. You know, and that's the biggest, like if, if my life were chapters, this year would be all about home. I bought a house or remodeling everything or building an addition, yeah. like really getting after the home. I still will have the occasional nut butter cream binges. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. You know, so I'm, I'm like, oh, okay, like the chapter, you know, whatever, next one is I need to have a really strong, coherent tribe of people that are feeding in the same path you know it's like when you have congruent frequencies all of a sudden you raise the amplitude of of your own frequency yeah you know i think that's really smart it's actually that's kind of been my jam the last like two years too um I went through a divorce and that was challenging. And I think when you go through that experience, any sort of relationship breakup, I tend to isolate because I don't really want to like dump my stuff on other people. And I figure everyone else has their like life and I don't. So I just really isolate. So I came out of that period of isolation and was like, okay, I need like good people in my life. So I've spent the last two years. I've got an amazing group of girlfriends here in Salt Lake City. I've got people I connect with like all across the country because I travel so much. So yeah, I think I have also been doing the same kind of building a tribe of people that I can stay connected with and have fun with. And like, and I'm actually allowing myself to lean on them, which is new for me and it feels really good. So yeah, I get that. Yeah. I feel like it's almost like a, like an evolution of myself, my capacity to reach out and connect with other people. Yeah. You know, as opposed to fighting that sometimes we get this like FOMO, the fear of missing out thing where it's like, I need to go out and socialize or else I'm not, you know, good enough or a part of the tribe or whatever. But then sometimes I think we, we, we dismiss that introspection to allow you to actually, you know, like Joseph Campbell would call it like pulling the, the treasure out from the depths, you know, from the fire, yeah. yeah, you know, but I think it's, it is, it is maybe a sign of evolution that it's like, I'm really grounded with myself and I can go out and connect with people and it's not a codependent thing. Yeah. It's a genuine, I'm here to give and take and, and really be in communion with this. And then I'm going to go home and keep on digging. I'll come back and bring more. Yeah. That's a really good way of looking at it. You're not hanging out by yourself because you're 
isolating yourself or you're afraid to connect with other people. You're doing it because you truly enjoy your own company, which is the case for me. And then you're connecting with people because you really want to connect and like share and grow, not because you, you know, feel like you can't hang out alone because it's a scary place to be inside your own head. So yeah, I think if you can find that place and then figure out what your balance is, you'd be in really good shape. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and by you, I mean me. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's always that. Yeah. Uh, is there any, is there any other stuff in relation to like maintaining long-term progress with things really, it, you know, becoming for, for the body, my, my thing is like becoming genuinely fascinated in yourself. We have this infinite potential in our bodies, you know, like joint range of motion and, you know, like all these things that are happening in our, in our body and our mind, like the, yeah. uni- the universe is all right here. You know, but we're always reaching out and reaching out and reaching out. Is there anything that like you break down in the book to kind of get past that? I'm just using the training wheels of the 30 days. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, it's interesting because I feel like I totally agree with what you said. Getting fascinated and what it is you're doing, I think can be a really amazing, huge step. Um, and I've seen that myself in my like yoga practice and my fitness training, but when it comes to food, I feel like it's really easy to people for people to slide from like getting interested in it and being engaged and fascinated by it into like obsessing over it. So I like, I kind of caution people like in the beginning, it's going to feel like this is taking up so much of your cognitive function. Like you feel like you're going to be thinking about food all the time. And it's probably, you know, when I first started my yoga practice up or started any other practice, like it feels like that, but understand that it gets easier with practice. And like, you need to let some of that, um, conscious thought go and like trust that after a while, your body's going to be doing what you've trained it to do. And your decision-making process is going to be doing what you've conditioned it to do. And so I think for people taking something on and trying to turn it into a long-term initiative, it's to understand that like in the beginning you can and should be all about it. But over time, you need to just allow the habits that you've built to kind of take over and allow yourself the space and energy to kind of bring in other healthy pursuits or healthy thoughts or tangential kind of things to support the healthy habits that you've built. Does yeah. that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. 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 Orth- orthorexia is a fun term for, for that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I've done a lot of reading in that article. I've talked to a really good psychiatrist friend, Dr. Emily Deans about this quite a bit. And like one person, person's orthorexia is another perceived orthorexia is another person's like, I'm just really committed because I know it works for me. Or I have these really specific health conditions. Then I have to be really careful. But I certainly food freedom is really all about promoting a healthy relationship with food such that like food can be really fun again. You can play around with like, how much can I get away with? And what happens if I do this? And I really miss this food. And I know it's not healthy, but like, what if I brought it back once in a while? Would it make me happier? Would it be worth it? Like, that's the kind of place I want you to get to with food where it just feels easy and fun and sustainable. Like you could just live like this and eat like this forever. Yeah. It feels like there's almost like most people that I know kind of have space for so many vices or vice. Right. Yeah. You know, and so it's like Alan Watts has this great analogy where he talks about, you know, if, if there's thieves in the downstairs level in a multi-level house, the cops come in first in the front door, the thieves go upstairs and then yeah. they're searching flashlights going, and then the cop and then the thieves go upstairs and then they go upstairs. You know, so we keep on kind of like compressing, you know, pushing ourselves. It's like, it's like creating a diamond, you know, we're, we're, yeah. we're like with, through this compression of working with ourselves, we kind of push the thieves into another place until eventually, hopefully they have nowhere to go. You know? Yeah. 
Yeah. Ideally. Ideally. I like that. I do. I like that analogy. Yeah. And you know, along the way, like the, but the whole process doesn't always have to be like chasing and pushing. Like you think about creating a diamond and you think about how, oh, it's all, it's like pressure. It's nonstop, constant pressure. And like, maybe it's pressure and then a, a, a kind of relaxation, yeah. right? Maybe it can be like that too, where, you know, whether you're talking about therapy or thinking about your food or movement, like maybe you don't have to work so hard all the time. Maybe the magic comes when you just like freaking relax for a couple minutes. Right. Yeah. So that's the other thing that I like to get across is that like you, it's not always like harder, faster, more you you don't always have to be pushing the thieves upstairs. Maybe you just sit down in the living room for a couple days and let the thieves do their thing upstairs and you just like chill and enjoy your life, you know, <laughs> or maybe we talk to the thieves. Right. Right. You know, that's like, that's like, I apologize for being so quotatious, but it's like Jung and, and getting into like the shadow self, you know, yeah. when you can become into communion with these kind of like darker aspects of me you know and it's like no like i love you it's yeah. it's it's good you know like yeah. wow you you're really it's almost like like you're filling some kind of void with this food look at you man yeah you know like i really care about you i had to do that a lot with my like addiction with like my addicted self it wasn't when it stopped turning into a battle of like me versus her and started turning into this like I accept you for what you are. And I accept that you are like someone who will always be with me. And like, I love what you brought to my life. That's where the battle totally changed for me. So yeah, maybe we need to do that. Got to do it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Uh, Do you, have you noticed any type of, um, squirting the thieves into other parts? You know, it's like, Oh cool. I'm not addicted to drugs, but now all of a sudden fill in the blank. I did for a while. I wrote about it in my intro to food freedom. Like for a while I got into healthy eating and exercise when I got out of rehab because I knew I would need to, to create some new healthy habits to fill the holes. And for a while I transferred my addictive behaviors from drugs into exercise and also a bit of an obsession with food. But, um, that really like it really evened itself out relatively quickly. I did. I recognized that it was happening. I was okay with it in the moment. Like, okay, this isn't ideal, but it's, I'm not using at least, and I'm not killing myself in the process. Like I, I'm definitely going overboard, but I kind of allowed it to run its course. And I was really patient and like almost gentle with it. Like this isn't where I want to be, but I'm just going to give it some time. And I think it will even out. And it absolutely did. And I don't really notice myself doing that anymore. Again, like I've done so much therapy that I think I can spot those behaviors before they even begin and just like not head down that path. Right. Yeah. Another thing that I heard you mention that I really like was the, the, treating your health kind of like a bank account. You know, yeah. it's, like, it's like, and it's like, if we give ourselves and again, it's kind of like that compression into relaxation. You know, if you, yeah. if you give back to yourself enough, you have this space, there's I've spacing the word. There's a Japanese word. It's like a runin or something like that. I'll, I'll try it. I'll try to look it up. I have it myself. Up. And what it, what it means is, is uh, giving yourself adequate space. Yeah. You know, so when you go to the airport, it's like, you know, the option to get there like an hour before and maybe be freaking out or give yourself two hours. Yeah. It's like a buffer, right? It's just a buffer. And I, it doesn't, I know it doesn't necessarily work like this, but you know, I've got this food freedom book is coming out October 4th. I'm going to be doing the book tour during the month of October on book tour. It is like 
airplane media, media interview, two hour rest, or maybe like a lunch and then book signing and then airplane. And I do that for like two or three weeks straight. So I am, I have been like stockpiling alone time, active time and nature time for the last like two months. I've been taking tons of trips by myself. I was in Banff. I was in Jackson. I'm hiking, I'm camping. Like I'm trying to stockpile all of this really good, healthy, like restorative, nourishing, experience so that when I'm on book tour, I have a buffer. Does it work like that? Like, am I really storing it up in the body? Maybe not from like a physiological perspective, but I think it kind of does, you know, I'm going into this book tour so relaxed and so happy and like so enthusiastic. And if it chips away at me because the tour schedule is stressful, like I'm going to still come out of it. Okay. Yeah. The only thing that I feel like I have any, you know, I'm worth my salt in any way is, is stuff relation to movement. So yeah. I, I, I bring everything back to that. So one of the things is like with the body, you know, if you can find functional positioning in your body, as you go through all of these book tours and planes and all that stuff, then there is a way to make all that be therapeutic. That it's yeah. not just like save up all my tickets and then, and then yes. I'm screwed. And then I got to build them back up. You know, yep. that's, we see that with fluctuation and like weight loss, yeah. you know, you do this really great diet or whatever it is, you know, it's like, is that relate to, you know, you or, or a topic of food you think? I mean, yeah, I definitely think it does. There's very, so it, and it goes back to this like habit research and the way the brain kind of perceives like reward being on the horizon and the way the brain, um, takes such gratification and like checking off a completion box or a task. But I think it, there is a lot of it's very common for people to like do a diet, get done with the diet, feel like you should reward yourself, feel like you deserve it and check that box off and be like done. And then you go back and kind of splurge. And like you said, blow all your tickets at once. (laughs) So I could definitely, I could do that on my book tour. I could blow all my tickets at once. I could just say for this two weeks, I'm just not going to sweat any healthy habits whatsoever. And I'm just going to get through the tour, but that's not how I'm going to do it. I'm going to think about where can I build in my morning routine that I know is so restorative? Like, how can I work this into my book tour as often as possible to make me feel like I've got some consistency in my day? Mm. And how am I going to build healthy movement in? How am I going to make sure that I'm eating a diet that's going to make me feel just as awesome as I want to feel? And how do I, you know, I'm an hour in this green room. Like, what can I do in terms of restorative, healthy movement that's going to make myself feel better? Like, I'm not going to blow my tickets. I'm going to spend them as judiciously and carefully as possible. So I come home and hopefully I'm still pretty rich. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's, I think what we end up doing and I'll let you go soon. I don't want to take too much. You got a whole bunch of crap you got to do. I'm sure. So I don't want to you know take up too much time, but I think that with a lot of people, we end up, we're so accustomed to being ticketless, you know, yeah. we're so accustomed to just so much static and so much bullshit. And we're just, it's like, you know, there's an analogy that, you know, if you're in a crowded party and there's someone, there's music and reggaeton and, and, so, and, so, and you know, and someone has a really important message for you, but they're just whispering. Right. You know? Yep. <laughs> yep. You know, it's like, you're never really able to hear because you just have so much stuff, but it's like, it's starting to unpeel those layers in the first place. That, that I think is the, the state of North America, of Europe, you know, there's just so much static that it's just like, I feel normal. Yeah. Well, like busy is the new normal, right? Busy is the new badge of honor. Tired is the new badge of honor. We do this with every area of our life. We live like right up to the means of our income or even exceeding it so that we have to keep working exactly as hard as we're working now just to afford the things that we've already bought. And we 
fill our days just totally packed with this crazy schedule with kids and work and this and commitments and, and personal development things. So that if any one thing goes wrong, like we're totally off kilter. Like we, we don't build buffers into anything anymore. And I build a buffer into everything, everything. So that when someone says to me like, Hey, Melissa, I'm running like 20 minutes late for my podcast. Can I work this in? I'm like, yep, (laughs) no problem. And it doesn't throw my day off at all because I've built a buffer in. So man, isn't that like an entire concept that I think could be so helpful for people is like, where can you build space in just to give yourself some breathing room in every area? Yeah. If you haven't written about that yet, I know. I'm like, put that in the book. I'll make sure I give you some um, kind of credit for that. What's some credit? I'll Um, get you credit. (laughs) um, Yeah, and I mean, I think that's the thing. We end we end up by by lacking whatever that beautiful Japanese word. I'm gonna call it a junin. That's not what it is, but whatever that Japanese word for creating space. Yeah. And when we do lack that space, then we will pull on some aspect of ourselves. You know, and in this case, it's food, but food is just one of the branches, you know, that is it's it's exercise or it's food or it's your financial situation or it's your relationships. You know, when you lack that space to really take a breath. Yeah. At some point, you will have to pull some slack out of, you know, in in your department, in in this department, be like, oh, maybe food, binge eating. Yeah. You know, I store it all up and then eat the marshmallows. Yep. But I, I focus so much on food because you talk about like food as one of the branches, but I'm going to go, I will go so far as to say like food is like the branch, like the supportive branch, or maybe even the trunk. Like it's so food is so highly emotional for so many people. And there's just so much dysfunction tied up in our relationship with food that I found it's if you can take control of the food that you're eating and feel like you've found this true healthy balance where like you're in control and food is no longer controlling you, there is no other area of your life that that will not have a positive impact on. Whereas I find for people like you can focus on meditation or maybe you start a couch to 5k program, or maybe you, um, go back and take a college class for personal development. But like those things don't have the same enormous emotional and psychological impact that, addressing your relationship with food has. So that's why I focus on that so much because I find it's just like, it's the first domino and it's the hardest one to tip. But once that tips, it makes all of these other things that you want to do in your life to make yourself healthier, just fall that much more easily. Yeah. Yeah. And if we can start to change the way that we move through the world, you know, or change the way that we relate in our relationships or change all yeah, these small all of it. pulleys, well, guess what? That's a part of your eater eating patterning. You know, your, your yeah. perception of yourself is like, I am a healthy person. If yeah. you can come into that place, well, guess what? You're probably going to buy organic food instead of the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. And all exactly. And all of the things that you just talked about go back to support the healthy, the, I am a healthy eater, like right. growth mindset. So you're absolutely right. Then you get into this really positive self-promoting cycle, right? Before you were in this negative loop where it was like, you over you're, you're stressed. So you overconsume, and then there's guilt and shame. And then you go back to, and that brings more stress. So then you overconsume more. And it's like, that's a Ferris wheel. That's hard to get off. Now you're in this really positive Ferris wheel where like you eat well, so you feel really good about yourself and you feel good about yourself. So you say, what other healthy habits can I build in? And those make you feel really good about yourself. So you continue to eat well. And now you're on like the happy Ferris wheel. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I want to do. I want to put you on the happy Ferris I'm wheel. I'm all about the happy Ferris wheel. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. I would love to ride the happy Ferris wheel with, uh, find a tribe, everybody come together. Right. And uh, do that. The psychological impact of food, I think, is, is um, an interesting thing. You know, we can, we can become wrapped up in, 
you know, maybe like you, you feel like you're just generally, your perception of high energy is like, eh, like barely sparking. Yeah. And I think that's something we don't necessarily realize. Like maybe the reason that you don't feel inspired to exercise is because you eat like an asshole. Yeah. Wow. That's one of my favorite phrases, eating like an asshole. Okay. Yeah. And, and <laughs> I say that all the time. That's great. Yeah. Um, it's one of my criteria for men who date me. Like I've, you don't I've have to eat exactly the way that I eat, but you can't eat like an asshole. <laughs> right. I've never heard you say that. I swear to God. Well, you probably wouldn't cause I don't really say it out loud in public, oh, right. but, You're it. but I am here. Right. Um, yeah. you know, my, my dad used to smoke a, a pack of Pall Malls a day, non-filters. He smoked every day since he was like 18 years old. And I would say to him, dad, you know, you would feel so much better if you quit smoking. And he'd go, Melissa, I feel great. And I'm like, no, you do not. But you just don't realize that you don't feel great because you don't have anything to compare it to. And it's exactly what you're talking about. Like people don't understand how amazing they can feel because they don't have a baseline to compare it to because what what they're experiencing now has just become their normal. And so what I try to do through the whole 30 is like, hey, let me let me give you a new normal. And then you can compare everything else to that. And that will help you determine whether foods are worth it or not. Not like, is it okay according to this normal, but like, is it okay according to up here, how good you can feel? Yeah. Yeah. I dig it. Um, Me too. Yeah. (laughs) All these analogies. Um, Where do people learn more about what you're doing? I know you're Mm -hmm. you're pretty prolific and easy to find, but what's... uh, where do people locate? I'm highly Googleable. Google, um, right. I am. So Whole30 is every Whole30 has like everything. So Whole30.com, W-H-O-L-E and the number three zero. All of our social media is just Whole30. So Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, Twitter. Um, I'm really active on my Instagram page, which is Melissa underscore Hartwig. And I'm also really, I'm kind of active on Snapchat. I just do Snapchat. No, but I probably need to do a lot of things that I don't do. I just started Snapchatting a couple months ago, and I feel like if there was ever something I was born to do, (laughs) it is Snapchat. (laughs) It's really, but here's what I love about Snapchat. It's first of all, it's really, it encourages you to be really fun and silly and goofy because it's got all these like crazy filters and stuff. But Snapchat is so intimate because if I'm watching your Snapchat story, I know that this is what Aaron is doing in this moment right now. It's like so intimate and it gives me such a personal connection with the people who follow. And I really like that. I'm not posting something after the fact. Mm. I'm not staging it and filtering it and editing it and cropping it like it's this. This is it. This is what you get. Right. And I really love connecting with people through that medium. Yeah. And also I like putting cat faces on myself. So mm. it's just like a win-win. You're one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, I think like normal is the new or not maybe normal was like, what the hell is normal mean anymore? But you know, having those more candid moments, I think people appreciate that more. Cause it's like, freaking tired of all the Photoshop and all of like the, Oh, this is the perfect image of who I am. And I just take these small little bits and I edit out. And then then you see this perfect little expression of like 25 seconds of me. It's like, no, 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 give me something real. Oh, it's some real stuff. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, exactly. So I'm on Snapchat. You can find me on Snapchat too. Cool. Awesome. Well, uh, well, sweet. I will hopefully see you again sometime soon. You're in, you're in Utah. You're, you're not in in like San Francisco or LA or one of those places. Salt Lake City. Hey, don't, don't talk about Utah like it's some teeny tiny town. Uh, I am in Salt Lake City in Utah in what I think is the prettiest state in the whole country. Um, I will be coming out. You're in Portland, yeah? 
close enough. Bend. Close, close. Oh yeah. Oh, I love Bend. Um, yeah, I will be coming out to Portland for book tour probably in January. So I will let you know. It would be great Please. to see you. Yeah, be wonderful. Um, but yeah, if you head my way, there's lots of beautiful, na- you know, lots of naturey stuff. I've done some climbing out there. I've been to oh, most yeah. of the national parks out there. Oh, done yeah. some biking around Moab and such. Oh yeah. And, yeah, Utah's rad. It's like a big, we got it. It's like a just a big uh, like I mean it literally is a big national park essentially. You can't yeah. drive more than like an hour without like welcome to. I know. Whatever. <laughs> I know. I take lots of pictures. I do lots of hiking and snowshoeing and I just started camping, which has been really fun. So yeah, it's, it's good. Cool. Good for you. Well, hopefully, so we, hopefully you. we get to do some, some nature stuff at some point. I'd love that. All right. Right. Well, thank Thanks. you so much. I appreciate it. Um, I'll see you soon. I hope. Yeah, this was so fun. Let me know when this is going to go up. Align podcast. Thank you once again for uh, for Sigmatic for supporting this podcast and for bringing such a radical product to the world. Uh, I utilize the cordyceps and lion's mane before any workout movement session that I do. Uh, chaga mushrooms every morning as I'm traveling. I always bring along some type of mushroom bl- blend for immune support and just overall vitality. Um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tim Ferriss is been loving that. Sean Stevenson, I believe, from the Model Health Show as well has been getting down on those. Um, so they are spreading like wildfire and I highly recommend you checking them out. Um, jump on to foursigmatic.com slash align for 10% off of your purchase. I can't re- recommend it more. Uh, foursigmatic.com slash align. F-O-U-R-S-I-G-M-A-T-I-C dot com slash align and you will get 10% off of any purchase from Four Sigmatic. Thank you once again so much for tuning into this podcast. If you guys want to show some support, show some love for what we're doing here, um, you can jump on the website, aligntherapy.com, A-L-I-G-N therapy.com. And then from there, a uh, couple things you can do. One of which you could actually donate through Patreon. There's a link on the right-hand sidebar of the blog and podcast page. Uh, you can utilize the Amazon affiliate link. Uh, anytime you or anybody you know buy some crap on Amazon, please and thank you. Bookmark that link. Every time you do it, we get something like 7% of your purchase and it helps support this show. It is awesome. So great. As well, something you could do that is ultra helpful. If you or anybody that you know has ears and likes books, uh, tell them to check out the audibletrial.com slash align. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E trial.com slash align. And then from there, that is uh, you get a free audio book from Audible. They have something like, I don't know, a bajillion different titles to choose from. Uh, one that I would recommend that I got from them was Shantaram. I, it's a huge book and uh, again, all free no matter what size the book you get. And that got me through, I listened to that as I was traveling through Morocco and uh, just really, really amazing website. Uh, amazing service. Couldn't recommend it more and uh, it kicks us down some scratchola every time you guys utilize that free thing costs you absolutely nothing and you get a free audiobook and you support the show boom um thanks so much for reviews on itunes that's greatly appreciated and thanks just in general for listening thanks for supporting thanks for for spreading the word all right i can't express enough how much i appreciate all that if you guys ever have any questions or comments you feel free to email me directly at aaron at aligntherapy.com and i would love to talk all right see you guys
Thank you for listening, and remember to join the movement by subscribing to the podcast. If the information has been helpful, please share and leave your comments in iTunes. Aaron personally reads each one, and it makes all the work worthwhile. Together, we will make a difference and continue to bring more powerful and inspiring messages to the world. Align Podcast.